Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus says, in spite of this continuing rejection, if you'll admit your need of God, if you'll admit you can't do life alone, if you'll repent, then, well, I'm offering you these incredible invitations that will lead to rest in your life. Imagine being severely rejected by your friends. What would your response be? Most of us would reject them in return. But in today's message, Pastor Mark highlights Jesus' reaction as people rejected him. Instead of rejecting them, he responds with an invitation. Come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus offered salvation, but the first step in coming to him for salvation is recognizing your need for him. Do you recognize your need for God? Are you weary and burdened with life? Come to the only one who can give you true life, Jesus Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part one of his message entitled, My Yoke Fits Perfectly. Let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. You know, we live in a, a me generation. People, especially in the United States, are raised in this country to, well, think that life revolves around them. Life is all about them. And the focus for many people is me and myself and I. Well, let's think about that. It, Is Christianity about me? Is the church about me? Is serving God about me? Well, to be very honest, in our United States, yes, it is. Is it all about us in this country, to be very honest with you? Yes, it is. See, people go to church... And if they don't hear what they want to hear, they change churches. If they don't get what they want to get, they just change churches. You're going to discover today in the Bible, well, Jesus talks about this me church. It's not new. It comes from our selfish nature. And we're going to discover today the church is not about me. In fact, the world is not about me. It's all about God. And it's all about God's purpose and use in my life. So, if you will, in your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. Last week, you remember, 
Well, in spite of these incredible miracles that Jesus did, most of the people of these three cities of Galilee rejected him and his claims about being the Son of God. Jesus then said to them, please repent of your sins and you can find new life. And they simply refused. They rejected Jesus totally, his ministry, his person, and his message. Now, how do we handle rejection? How will Jesus handle this rejection? Well, we see in verses 25 through 27. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. Let's, this morning, all of you in this congregation, let's be those cities, those three Galilean cities, and here you've rejected Jesus. No, not everybody, but most. How is Jesus going to handle that rejection? Well, I'm going to be Jesus this morning. He begins by openly praying to God. Now, you've just said to Jesus, we don't believe that you're God's son. But he just openly goes, Father, he says, I know that these people mean well. But God, I know that they're too wise. They think they don't need you. And because of that, they'll never find you, God. They'll never find salvation. First thing you want to write this morning, it's, well, it's crucial. If we want to find God and experience salvation, we must be humble enough to admit our need of God. The one thing that keeps most people from coming to salvation is their pride. They do not want to say, I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me and I admit it. Or they'll say, I will come as soon as my wife or my husband or my boyfriend or girlfriend comes. But see, pride keeps us from experiencing the things of God. So understand today, Jesus was saying, these people are too wise. In fact, they're going to have to become like little children. Children trust. If you're going to become a Christian, there has to be a point in your life when you just trust God. And you say, I'm going to turn my life over to you. That's what children did. But see, these people are too wise. They were too learned. They were too smart. Now, don't misunderstand what Jesus was saying. Notice he says here, you've hid these things from the wise. Jesus wasn't saying, thanks, God, that I gave the message, but you blinded these people's eyes so they couldn't see. Thanks, God. He wasn't saying that at all. What he was saying is, God, I know initially you never hid the ability to know you from these people. I know you didn't do it initially. In fact, Jesus had been performing these miracles over and over and over and again in front of them. God had been very patient and he was trying to prove that, well, his son was who he said he was, the son of God. But their pride, as time went on, as people continue to reject God, God sometimes just spiritually blinds them. So now they can't see the truth. Look at how Jesus said it later. John 10, you see it here. Verse 36. Why do you call it blasphemy when the Holy One who was sent into the world by the Father says, I am the Son of God? 
So Jesus says to these people, why do you think I'm blaspheming God when I say I'm the son of God? I am. And he says this, don't believe me unless I carry out my father's work. You know, a few years ago, we used to have the saying from a lot of political people, read my lips. Well, Jesus said, if you won't read my lips, if you won't listen to my message that I'm the son of God, look at what I'm doing. I mean, I'm healing the blind. I'm raising the dead. That has to be the Son of God. Who else could it be? And he gives this incredible challenge to them. Look at verse 38. But if I do his work, in other words, all these miracles, well, at least believe in what I've done. Even if you don't believe me, then you will realize that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. You see, this crowd said, well, we believe in God, but you're not part of God. You're not the Messiah. You didn't come from God. You're not God's son. Jesus keeps going back and back and back and back and back over this principle. Yes, I am. If you don't listen to my lips, uh, if you don't hear those words, then at least look at what I'm doing. I'm doing it. Now, that says that Jesus is going to try to say to them, I'm going to prove to you that I am the son of God. Look at verse 27. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So we see the sovereignty of God here. Jesus, first of all, says, I'm the Son of God. I have a relationship with God that you'll never understand. Now, why did he say that? Well, think about this. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Jesus was always with God. I don't understand that. Do you? How do you, how do you understand a relationship of the Trinity today? God the Father, God the Son, the God the Holy Spirit. And I know you can get your egg out and talk about the yolk and the shell. That's cool. But we still don't understand how three can be, can be one. But they are. And then Jesus says, the Father's in me and I'm in the Father. Well, he's standing before, if I'm Jesus this morning, he's standing before these people in Galilee and he, he, he's fully man and yet he's still fully God. Figure that one out. So what Jesus is saying is, you'll never get some of these things. You, your mind can't comprehend it, either can ours today. You see, if I think Jesus was God and man, I'm thinking like, this side's man and this side's God. No, he's fully both. So Jesus goes on and he says some interesting things. He said, I'm in the Father and the Father is me. I came to show you what God's like. I am his son. I am God. Notice this verse, John 14, 7. If you really knew me, Jesus said, you would know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Well, they never saw God, but they saw Jesus. So Jesus came to reveal what God was like. What was Jesus saying in all of this? Here's what he was saying. Well, you've rejected me. You've rejected me. And yet, you think that I'm not the son of God. And because of that, well, you think that somehow God's plan to save the world, it's just going down the tubes. You couldn't be farther from the truth. Because God's plan to save the world, oh, it's still in place perfectly. In fact, look back in this verse. I'm going to reveal it to people let me use a term that sometimes we do. You ever hear this term? Too smart for his britches? That's an old one. I know I'm old. That's an old one. Too smart for his Smarty pants, whatever. What Jesus said is, I'm going to reveal it to people 
who aren't too smart, too proud to admit that they need God. As you understand that and think that today, God is trying to say, even though you rejected me, I can still reveal God to you. Now, let's take an illustration of rejection. Let's say you have a friend here or a couple, and you're a couple and you have a, another couple, and you guys have been close and you've been tight and you're together or a single friend and whatever, and, and you spend time together. And all of a sudden, last night, this couple or friend that you had said to you, not interested in being with you anymore. Going to end the friendship. Uh, it's been nice knowing you, but we really don't like you. We haven't liked you for a long time. Actually, every time we're with you, we're miserable. We can't stand it. We didn't want to tell you, but we're just telling you, we're not interested in you. We don't care for your home. We don't like anything you do. And uh, as people, we're not too impressed with you either. How would you feel? Wow. So you come to church today, and you're sitting here. Now, they used to sit with you, but they're not, and they're sitting over there. So after the service, you go up to them, and you say this. I know what you said last night, but... I got these Omaha steaks that came in the mail, and they're incredible. And I know you like key lime pie. My wife got up early, made a special key lime pie. Would you come on over for lunch this afternoon? I just forget what you said last night. Uh, You don't care if you rejected us. We just want to be around you all the time. How many of you would do that? Tell me. You wouldn't do that, would you? If somebody rejects you, you're going like, well, forget you. (laughs) Am I right? Well, Jesus, that's about what he heard from these people. Well, nice miracles, but we could care less about you. And what does Jesus do? He does exactly the illustration I gave you. He gives three invitations to these people. Not to his home, but to have him be part of their life. In spite of rejection, he gives three invitations. That's incredible. You and I would never do it. Let's see what these three are as we look at verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus says, in spite of this continuing rejection, if you'll admit your need of God, if you'll admit you can't do life alone, if you'll repent, then, well, I'm offering you these incredible invitations that will lead to rest in your life. As we taught last week, opportunity brings responsibility. First of the three, and I want you to write them down and get them and kind of burn them into your heart today. Number one, come, Jesus says, come to me. What is that? Well, it's an invitation to salvation and eternal life. He says, come to me. Now that word come, it really means this, believe, receive, repent, open your heart. If you're a Christian today, that's the only way you became a Christian. You came to God. You believed, you received, you opened your heart, you repented, and God came in. Notice the second part. He says, not only come, but come to, tell me, to me. Circle that word in your Bible, to me. Notice he didn't say, if you want to get saved, come to Calvary Chapel. That's not his invite. Come to the Assemblies of God. Come to the Baptist Church. Come to the Presbyterian Church. That's not his invitation. Notice he doesn't also say this. If you want salvation and rest in your life, come to Pastor Mark. Pastor Mark can't do anything about that. Now, maybe 25 or 30% of you are former Catholics. 
Let's say I'm a Catholic priest. I don't know what my wife would do, but let's just put me in that case right now. (laughs) Notice the Bible doesn't say, come to Father Mark. Sounds pretty good, though, doesn't it, Father Mark? (laughs) Father Mark can't do anything for you. Some of you were raised with creeds. You went to church, you read all this jazz. Most of it very biblically based. But you like, zip down through it, never, never even got to your heart. He says, don't quote a creed. I'm not asking you to get water baptized at this moment. No, don't sign the membership thing. He says simply what? Come to me. It's a personal relationship. Way back then, that was the huge difference. Simply come to me. Now, if, if you know how to share the gospel, and you should, you will see this verse in 1 John 5 that's exquisitely clear. Notice what it says. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. Let's say every single one of us died instantly, and you appear before God. Well, the destinations would be one of two, heaven or hell. And as you appear before God, this verse screams at you. He who has the Son. You say, well, here's my church membership, and I was a Baptist, and I was a Presbyterian, I was a Catholic, I went through catechism, I went through all this. No, he who has the Son. Well, where did the Son have to come? As to live in your heart. So I can present all of this. If you this morning have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, when you stand before God, your destination is already assured. Notice the second part. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Jesus says, first imitation, come to me. That's it. That's it. Now, if you have, then you have life. And when I stand before God, I don't talk about all my works and all this jazz. I just say, I have a relationship with you. And he says, Mark, I already knew that. Come on in. That's what you and I are looking for. Now, notice Jesus says, come to me. Why should we come to God? Well, he gives us two specific reasons. In your Bibles, what you might want to write at verse 28 is just the word salvation. This is an invitation for salvation. Notice, if you look at that verse, you know why you should come to Christ. Because people were, there's two words there. They were weary and they were what? Tell me. They were burdened. Write these two things down. Number one, people get weary and exhausted in their search for truth. As Jesus looked out among these people, he instinctively knew some things. Number one, that God put eternity in the heart of man. So God is, man is looking for God. They know that they don't do life alone. But Romans 1 tells us that they've kind of been deceived. And they kind of just say, well, I really don't need you. So even as they look for God in their own wisdom and strength, trying to find the answers to life, eventually they get, well, they get very tired and they get very weary. Interesting, in that time, the Greeks had an interesting saying. Listen to it. It is very difficult to find God. And when you have found him, it's impossible to tell anyone else about him. That's an encouraging statement, isn't it? Hey, you seem to be at peace and rest. What happened? I found God. How'd you find him? I can't tell you. I don't know. What is that? No, that's not it at all. 
You see, people are searching for truth. Solomon did it. Went down roads of power and possession and prestige and position. And road after road after road, they were all dead ends. You see, if you go down dead after dead end after dead end, pretty soon you're, you're exhausted and you're still left with a guilty conscience. Jesus says, come to me. You get rest. I'll take care of your guilty conscience. You won't find it without God. You see, without truth, without truth, life is undoable. Can't do it. It's empty. And your future is incredibly insecure. So Jesus realizes this and he just says, come to me. Come to me. I'm the way. I'm the truth. And I'm the life. So first of all, Jesus says, you need to come to me, you who are weary, dead end after dead, trying to do life without God. You're just trying to it. And it isn't working. And you're just flat exhausted. But then there's another one. He says, come to me, those of you who are heavy laden or burdened. What does that mean? Here's what you want to write down. People get burdened by dead religion. Rules and regulations. You see, the Jews believed in God, but they had become so weighed down because of the priests and the rabbis and the scribes and Pharisees. The priests, those people just kept laying on them more dues. Here's the law, keep it. 613 more, keep it. And pretty soon, life was like this. Some of you have come from a background like that. Your church experience, maybe younger, was, well, you never were good enough. People always put you down. In fact, you, everything was no, 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 and there was no excitement. There was no joy, and it was all this religious rules and regulations, and pretty soon you'd forget it. You're burdened down with them. You know, it's like you used to come into church, and the, the pastor would start, you know, just get beat, 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 and you walk out church. How was it, man? He really laid me open today. I love it. It's just terrific. <laughs> going back next week, yeah, I need another dose. I need another dose. I'm no good. I can't make it. Well, pretty soon you don't go back. I mean, the world offers enough burden, so you don't go back anymore. Now, when you see that, all the people were trying to do was earn their right to be Christians. They were trying to keep the law, but they were burdened down earning it. Keep your finger right there. Turn back to Acts chapter 15. We'll be right back. Acts chapter 15. Scoot down down to verse 7. You see, some of you have been taught you have to earn your salvation. You have to be good enough. So you have to keep these things and... Well, you used to go to church and you used to go to this and get this checked off and you may make sure you're here every weekend and all those kind of things. Well, there's a lot to say about discipline and doing those good things, but we don't earn our salvation. In order to experience salvation, we all must first recognize our need for God. Today, Pastor Mark talked about Jesus' invitation and the timeliness of it. In response to tremendous rejection, Jesus offered an invitation to come to Him for life. Where are you going when you're weary and burdened with life? What you really need is a relationship with the giver of life. Are you willing to come to Him for soul rest? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. As important as Jesus' invitation is to come to Him for salvation, His invitation doesn't just stop there. Imagine if our relationship with God stopped right when we got saved. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will challenge us to accept Jesus' invitation to discipleship, to take His yoke upon us, and to learn from Him. Are you ready for a life of adventure and growth? Take His offer to become a willing disciple of the Master, Jesus Christ. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting